tuned in to the Bobcast. 50 episodes flew by so fast. So many good times, good laughs. Sal Vickersburg pranking the staff. Mitch Vickersburg's email address. Phone calls with friends and guests. Angels, demons, all from Bob's imagination. Take a second, let that sink in. Think about what it takes to make it happen. Even got me rapping, pocket dial. Got the crowds dancing, so live. Spontaneous and true detective Bob. Cast we trust to get a load of us on the internet. First guest Drew Reed, now it's limitless. So listen in, then share the link of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter clicks. All counts, so spread the word. From Bob Nation out to Bob World. No sign of slowing down. And hit the bridge for vape shop, head in the clouds. So scream aloud from the rooftops, thebobcast.podbean.com. Good evening, welcome to another episode of Bobcast, True Bobcast. The tradition continues. True Bobcast this year is focusing on the True Blood final season, season 7, which debuted on HBO last night. My co-host for this series in the True Bobcast fashion is Mickey. What's up, Bob Nation? What's up, Bob World? Welcome back to the True Bobcast. So we're talking about the show True Blood on HBO. It premiered seven years ago. Um, The first season to me is a lot different from the tone now, but we'll get into that later. The first season, it was a kind of a serious show. Yeah, it was really deep, really introspective, and really focused on a lot of issues, civil rights being one of them. Uh, The Fanger reference. Yeah, definitely. Both both, uh, kind of... uh, derogatory racial remarks, you know, the N-word and the F-word. Yeah, definitely. It was a a more deeply uh, centered show on the characters. And then somewhere along the line, I mean, Alan Ball, who was uh, popular for, uh, I guess, his his work on American Beauty, uh, the show Six Feet Under, which I'm I'm a big fan of, which is a shame we can't do uh, Six Feet Cast. Yeah, he he left the show, I guess, what, a couple seasons ago. They got another showrunner. He quit. Then they got another guy, and last year I was entertained. Season six definitely uh, it brought it all back for me. I felt pretty good about myself. How did you feel, man? Yeah, last season totally launched the raunch, man. There was a lot of uh, erotic imagery that was just really great. Uh, big fan. Yeah. So, which brings us right to um, the current day, and uh, we were very excited to uh, release uh, hashtag monsters under the the pocket dial band last night uh, in homage and dedication to the the last season of True Blood. So we were really hype, and then the show premiered, and, uh, well, Mickey, tell the guests what you thought. Womp womp. Man, what a disappointment, okay? Yeah, nothing there. Nothing what, what, what. Just quite, I feel like the uh, run-up to the beginning of the actual show revealed things that didn't even happen last season. Uh, call me crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't know what to say about the episode. I could tell you off the bat, though, I gave it a C-. minus. Uh, we're going to be grading each episode. To me, it was below average. I mean, it was just, uh, man, it's just nothing going on. Right off the bat, we got a huge vampire fight in Merlot's uh, parking lot. And uh, one of the True Blood originals meets, I guess, her. she meets her demise. I mean, like, did Tara die on episode one of True Blood? And if so, what type of fashion was that to die in? What kind of writer goes down to, like, the Don't Be a Menace, Wu-Tang Clan sampled... Old black lady yelling, they killed my baby. It's just so cliche, just so, ugh, such, such, so forgettable. I don't think she's dead. I, I think she'll be back. You said that she got killed off screen. They did, yeah. Okay. She was wrestling with, uh, you know, that big wrestler, and then Letty Mae started howling about her. 
I rate the episode a J plus because uh, I just want to see more Jessica. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, let's talk about Andy Belfler. I kind of like this guy, man. After yeah. all these seasons, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he be, he was a secondary character, and now he's got like some depth, some some gratis. Uh, he also seems like he got himself in shape. In the beginning, he was a mess. Yeah, he was a fat pig, but mm-hmm. you know, no disrespect. No. But yeah, um, I like how he turned around and uh, quit drinking or whatever. And then, you know, we see uh, Stackhouse, Jason Stackhouse again. He's a, a series favorite. Oh, Jason, Jason always does the same voice. He's always either yelling. I know. I can't even imagine yeah. the show without Jason Stackhouse talking like this. He's always got some sort of issue with something. Yeah, and like uh, I can't even remember who's this vampire chick he's with. Like, where did she come from again? She came from in the institute that was uh, yeah, experimenting, okay. and the, and it was like a last ditch effort. But let's launch into the episode, bro. Remember, Tara not killed on screen, not dead. Who knows? Uh, but let me ask you a question: Was True Blood one of the first shows that introduced awesome music for a theme song that wasn't corny or like? You know, instrumental. Was it? Was there anything before True Blood? I did. I did like the Sopranos theme. Yeah, that true was that. iconic. HBO yeah. always does a good job picking okay. the soundtracks. So moving on, uh, Jessica. Like I said, J plus. Jessica's the truth. But who's her man? Uh, you made a cameo on the show. I said. Yeah, last night apparently I was on True Blood. Uh, I was really confused. Um, so confused. This guy shows up with long hair, the beard, or whatever. But like. I don't know why he has a connection to Jessica because I don't remember this guy. And apparently you said he was the guy from last year was recast. He was more grungier looking, I guess. Right. But yeah, he was the one who wouldn't bite her or wouldn't do something or something. And she got all lovey dovey, blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, the guy quit. The actor quit. The unknown actor quit because he didn't like the direction that the character was headed in. Whatever that you read between the lines. Yeah. Who knows right there, you know? Yeah, and then Tara's mom, she's going to get addicted to V, dude. It's on. Yeah, because she's a recovering addict. Uh-huh. My baby, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. My baby! Uh, you want to talk about uh, Sookie's uh, ESP and like how that's always been something that's... Uh, how much she hears people's thoughts. She knows everyone hates her. LC, he doesn't, you know... Uh, what, what does he blame her for? Uh, you gotta think about something. Now that she... After she threw her cell phone, I mean, she clearly doesn't even need the cell phone. People could just... She could just hear their thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like that dead potty she stumbled upon, man. That chick was hot. Yeah, but what was up with that? We'll find out later in the season. Well, I guess we will. Uh, LC, let's talk about his uh, accent. Like, his, his voice on the show. Like, so good. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude. He's like Bill Compton met... Christian Bale's Batman in the suit and just failed every acting class he ever took. Yeah, my notes here, I also have that. Who is this guy that looks like me? <laughs> and then what's up with this guy, this human guy that they're trying to push as, like, the new, like, you know, villain in the show, like, the human guy who's, like, you know, like, upset that he found out that Merlot's a shifter. Like, who cares? <laughs> I literally just accepted that. Like, that was the one thing I didn't even care that I didn't even care about, and it was just, like... I heard people talking crap about Davis. His name is something Davis or something. He's apparently who Merlot beat at, to become mayor. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it See, was all it was all screen. Like Kara's you can't dad. skip ahead in a season finale in time like that and then start the new season. I don't think they've ever done that. Each season always began like right where the last one left off. It's a witch hunt for good writing, and it's like coming up short. Uh, this ain't Salem, yo. But uh, I do got to give it up for Pam. She still got some of the best mm-hmm. writing on Great TV. Great scene there. I like that scene. Yeah, she just pulls it off, and it's like, I wish I had the quote, but... she. I got one of the quotes. She says, um, 
What the hell? She says something about she she's uh, she'd rather be in hell having a three way with a devil. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's hot. Who would be the the third participant? I, it was weird too because I couldn't like really place that the Islam guy was uh, also a vampire because I couldn't see his basket and I was wondering why she's standing in like a line like a basket you know but that was mm. to capture the blood yeah because they were playing vampire Russian roulette right and why is that another vampire wild. even Muslim. But let's go back real quick. Did you notice... Um, who's tweeting me over there? That's you. Uh, did you notice uh, Lafayette? His shirt was the hashtag yes, Monsters Lips. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I got that later in my notes. Yeah, we should took, We should probably take a picture of that and have that as the logo. We'll get the screen cap. But I, I love Lafayette, dude. I've always loved yes. Lafayette's character. Yes. I love how he's like just like so down to earth. and He always gets himself in like these predicaments, but he always has this sense of just balance and... I, I, it kind of felt weird for me tonally, too, that he wasn't a little bit more depressed. The tower was dead, but uh, basically I, he um, you know, says it was a relief. Yeah, I mean, I felt the same way, but like at the same time, I don't think she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, uh, Jessica and Adeline, Adeline, the yeah, little the, one, the, fairy. the little fae, mm-hmm. uh, can they just get together for the love of all vampanity? Just please, just make that happen. She got the blood in her. Launch the Ranch. Eve St. LaRanche. Yeah. Uh, basically, at this point in the show, I'm starting to trail off. You know it's bad when you like want to pick up your phone. <laughs> yeah, I, I went like there. A, a good sign for a television show is when you don't want your phone. Like You don't want anything else except to be engaged in this program for the next 47, 60 minutes, whatever. True Blood does do that, but I think that they also have a history of having the season premiere just be lackluster, trying to set mm. stuff up l- later, you know? Good point. They do a little twists and turns and uh, mm-hmm. this and that. Um, but yeah, J- Jason's new vampire friend, Violet. Uh, what did you think of that sex scene? Became a fan. Uh, the the, the f- scene. Okay. <laughs> uh, they must have uttered the word more than Django Unchained. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of camp. It was kind of like Roadhouse 80s style, but I guess like the viewers, that's what they love. And it is a campy, you know, romantic, I guess. I, I don't even know how to describe it. What's going on there with Stackhouse, dude? The funny thing about Stackhouse, too, is the character, the guy that plays him, he's, like, Australian. Oh, yeah, he's straight out the bayou. Yeah. Yeah, he's from but, down uh, under. Let's, let's, let's talk also about the Faye and the um, the scene at the house when the Faye's uh, trying to let uh, Jessica in. Uh. Let me ask you a question. What type of window opens up like that? <laughs> well, a bell floor window, good well, sir. Where do you go to the store and say, I want to have a window that's the whole side of my house? You like, go back in time. That, dude? You go I, back to the 1800s. That ain't the 1800s. That's 2014. Yeah, but that house has been in the Bell Floor lineage. It's Bill Compton's old residence or something. Okay, whatever. But I'm saying, I've never seen a window like that. And I work in a historical building, so, I mean, whatever. I concur. It was a prop straight out the gate. I love the sign on the church. Did you notice that? Yeah. A free thinker is Satan's slave. Currently burning in hell in the Bobcast at 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> burning in hell. <laughs> Speaking of which, what do you think happened to Eric? Ah, uh, the map to Eric. The, the the most phony prop in the history of props. Yeah, what so. was up with that scene? It looked like something out of Indiana Jones cartoon. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. I've read that Eric is going to come back, but they're going to, like, pleasure uh, delay his return. They're going to hold back for a little bit for some reason. Yeah, why did they... Why, I mean, like, why do people do that? They do that in a lot of shows. You know what I mean? Like, what, you like the character. You want to see him. Why waste time getting back to him? I don't know. I don't know, but I and do like, know. Here's another question, too. Like, why why didn't, Pam, why didn't Pam, like, there was no reaction to, like, I mean, Pam had to know that Tara died, right? She's the creator. 
Yeah, meanwhile, she care. she's not dead. I don't think she's dead. It's I'm another right. it's another sign. Look, that's, that's a great a bet, point. That's a true though. Bobcast bet right now. Yeah, that's a true Bobcast. You know what I mean? Tweet us. Tweet us. <laughs> Bobcast pod, Bob yeah. Dial style. You know, tell uh, us what you think. Is Tara really dead? Uh, I think she's dead, yo. Above all and beyond though, regardless of if she's dead or not, Sookie is definitely still got it. Okay, Sookie does still got Here's one thing I like about Sookie Stackhouse, okay? When she's got problems, she likes to drink whiskey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She puts out the bottle of Jack. She used to drink Soho, right? Whatever the case, though. Uh. She sits down at the table. She has herself a stiff drink. I like it. Still got it. After all these years, still got it. And she's got to be up there, right? She's like, she had the kid, right? Uh. She did have a kid, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about Bill Compton's acting. Oh. How do you play. That character for so long and like oh like he never like they showed a little flashback sequence. I remember in the early True Blood seasons, I had more of a connection to Bill, but since he became Billeth and like all that stuff happened with him, like I, I just don't really care about him. No yeah, more. he got transparent quick and never kind of. I don't like him. You know, like I, I don't care for his scenes and that whole thing that debacle with like. Yeah, why are we even watching went, this show? They went into it. They went into it. I don't know why we're watching the show. The warehouse from uh, no, they the go spy into the, show. The, the, but the bodies are hanging upside down, and then like the humans, all of a sudden, with that one character, which I can't stand, Davis, that, you know, antagonist that shows up, like what this guy, what's his name, Davis. Davis. Okay, let's Davis. go with Davis. Davies, ah, who knows? Who cares? So like he shows up and points a gun, and we spend at least six, maybe four or five pages in the script, having this scene where I tuned out. Honestly, Bill Compton could have. Quickly moved like a vampire and got all the guns out. Like you know what I mean? Like come on. I tuned out so fast, but that's I do gotta say. I'm talking about like I'm a screenplay writer and I'm telling you right now that is dribble. That should have never even made it into production. They should have cut that scene down, <laughs> or spent more time with Pam somewhere. Like that scene was terrible. Yo, dude. I that gotta tell Davis, you, he's gotta go. He does gotta go, and he will go in a great way. He'll have Jessica Namby kissing his face or something like that one time. But yo, I gotta say that Bell Floor bounced back mad quick after throwing up yeah. and became Clint Eastwood like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You're you're launching the launch, and then it's like on. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. He just turned around like a complete 180. I thought that was great, as in horrible. I love that guy. You know what he? You know who he'd be good at playing the thing mm-hmm. in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I could see that. He's got the brow. You know that, like yeah, that deep. And then we 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 end up at the saddest day in Fantasia history. Oh yeah, like what's going on there? Ugh. I don't. I, know, I thought man. that acting was terrible. Yes, terrible. The worst. Acting. Like, you know, like, I don't want to die next to blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, and like... The worst. I don't know what's going on there. You know, come on. The redhead's cool. She, 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 she's hanging in there. The blonde, it's got it. Who are the uh, others? As far uh, as character... The one from Raven? I don't know. Yeah. It, we'll skip over the Fantasia part. Let's get back to one of my favorite characters, Lafayette, okay? So Lafayette and Bob Cahill, too, uh, <laughs> the vampire... Are uh, going back to Lafayette's house. I've always loved Lafayette's house. You yeah, know, I like how he sits there. He likes to medicate himself. Uh-huh. Alter uh, his he's mind. Got, he's got this great line where he's like, "Give me a sec while I get altered, and then I cook you lunch." <laughs> I love that guy, dude. I, the yeah. guy, I, I'm, it's a shame we didn't look up his name, the actor's name, but we will in the True Bobcast. Episode yeah, we got to interview him. Maybe we'll call, we'll call these people up. We're gonna we get will. them on. We're gonna get Lafayette interview. We'll call IMDb and we'll get these people on the line. The True Bobcast is uh, currently on air, but I do love. Uh, Lafayette and I guess like Bob Cahill 2's like a uh, big monologue mm. so they give Bob Cahill 2 this huge segment of dialogue to yes. do this backstory about Vietnam and like him being I guess I'm gonna go like you know and predict the future uh, a future love interest for Lafayette I, you know what I mean right come on yeah, you know I, got, I, mean? like, I got a note here that but, says Jessica's boyfriend looks like us merged lol but F him yo and his stupid story 
But then, like, what's going on? Like, does that mean that I don't know? Like, he's with Jessica, but obviously, he he told us this whole story about. I guess he was he he never came out of the closet when he was a kid, and uh, his best friend's dad beat him with the baseball bat. It that's kind of touching it with the tone of season one with the Alan Ball imagery of uh, using vampirism as a. Uh, um, an analogy, or excuse me, like a a different type of way of looking at homosexuality in uh, yeah. the two thousands, at least. So I can get that, and I like that, but uh, it it was just a little long. Once yes. again, script problems. I got stupid story, problems, dude. Stupid story. Nobody cares about fake Bob Cahill. Uh, but speaking of homosexuality, uh, Jessica and Aiden. That scene when she la- when she just launched right into the house and took her down, like in that position. It sounds to me as if you're a little bit obsessed with Jessica here on the True Bobcast. Yeah. I saw you earlier today. We were recording Bob, uh, excuse me, recording Pocket Dial tracks, and uh, I saw you checking out her Instagram and uh, Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, that scene was money. Um, Didn't we tweet her last night? Yeah, we were throwing uh, Deborah Ann Wohl some tweets. So, Deb, if you're out there in the True Bobcast world, why didn't you retweet us? Yeah. Okay, we like Mickey's. He's ready to sing this hashtag monster song for you, you know. And like we'll, we'll come out to L.A. We'll do it all up. Yeah, maybe do but a yeah, little favor. A, or something. She is a great character, but also too like where's the connection between her and Bill? Like where, where's Bill for like guidance? Like what what happened to Bill? Billeth, man, Billeth happened. Yeah. He, it, it fractured his entire uh, mythology or whatever. This is the point of the show too, where I'm sitting to myself like thinking like, man, they killed Tara tonight. <laughs> you know, and I'm like thinking like, where did it like? Where did the show, like, go wrong? Like, when did... How does the season premiere that people are looking forward to become something of just boredom? Like, I was just... Black I tuned out, dude. Yeah, I, tuned out I did. I point. did, too. I stopped taking notes at this point. The reason... didn't. Uh, the real only reason I came back with another note was because of uh, Sookie Stackhouse's spot-on impression of Leslie Nope at the end. <laughs> I love this town! I... Let me help you. I'm like, am I watching Parks oh, yeah, and yeah, Recreation yeah. or True Blood? Ugh. And then it ended, and I was like, all right, about time. Yeah, that just, uh, it, I don't know. I didn't even look at the previews for next week. I did, but it it seemed like it. I didn't get anything. I don't know. So, um, you got any other notes for uh, True to, uh, True Blood season seven episode one? No, sir. No, That's about because it. I was bored. Yeah. I was it totally bored. We just talked about not much. I it's mean, so difficult for me to even use the true Bobcast moniker under this show right now because of last night's, last night's episode because of my love for True Detective, where the true Bobcast originated from. But, uh, yeah, that's all the time we're going to spend on uh, True Blood today. So uh, we're going to switch things up real quick and change topics. Silver anniversary. Of what? Batman. So we're going back in time. <coughs> June 23rd, 1989. The release of Batman. I remember being nine years old and being more excited excited for this than Christmas. Yeah, I was just a little scant myself down in Cocoa Beach, Florida. You, were, you were in Florida then? Yep. <coughs> Man, I mean, I remember like literally watching every piece of information. Like, if my mom said, uh, Batman's going to be in entertainment tonight, tonight, I'd be like, yeah, we got to put the VHS tape in, we got to record this. I wanted everything, I wanted anything to do with Batman. Uh, I followed it for, I guess, they announced it, but the thing, is, we've talked about this previously on the Bobcast, too, is like, in today's world, you can follow any movie from the beginning of filming until it comes out. You can follow, you can spoil yourself with 
on-set shots. You could do a whole bunch of different things. But back in the day, you really didn't see anything. Now, it was hard to get info, and they <coughs> totally, totally bombarded you with propaganda for that movie. It was one of the most hyped movies of all time. It changed the Hollywood game, and Jack Nick changed the whole acting contract game with the Joker role. And myself, Michael, you know, Kay, Michael Keaton, boom, I was just locked in. I was in. I had the toys. I had the Joker face-changing color toy. I had the Batman toy, and all I, all I, all, it's all I thought about. I was hooked. I was a fan of the Incredible Hulk from the age of four until I'm and I'm 34 now. But um, it was the Hulk growing up. But Batman the movie is what made me become. I guess everyone knows that I've talked about on the podcast the Batman aficionado, um, listening to the Fat Man on Batman, Smodco shows, etc. But this is the film that like took my interest level, I guess, into adolescence in a way. Yeah, Batman, as you stated, is like your deity. Everything about that movie, too, I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, when you look at it now, it does, you know, the production values don't look as good as what they're coming out with now, but the movie still is a classic, and I've recently watched it, and um, one of the things that's very interesting is, um, I mean, if you look at the VHS tape, Nicholson's uh, name's first over Keaton's. I mean, that's how clutch he was in this situation. The guy playing Batman isn't the starring role. Game changer. Completely. Um, another thing uh, we talked about earlier tonight is something that was brought to my attention a few years back. I think it's out there on the internet, but if you watch when the Joker first appears, Jack Nicholson uh, comes into Jack Palance's room um, for the first time as the chemically altered Joker. And um, he takes off his hat and he comes into the light. There's a, like a silhouette shot of him in the darkness. And when he comes into the light, the makeup person smudge purple... Uh, makeup, I guess, all over his neck, which I guess was from his coat, kind of. I, I, I really don't know, because the Joker don't have any purple makeup. But, like, it's these small mistakes uh, that I love, you know, here on the Bobcast. I love seeing mistakes, production value mistakes, whatever. But uh, Michael Keaton, let's talk about that. Uh, he was lauded. Nobody wanted him as Batman. Yeah, you know, it's probably a argument as old as time itself. I was more fascinated to find out in my later years that he actually wore Air Jordan 6s modified into bat boots yo oh dude as a jordan aficionado just can't get any more intense the guy tinker hatfield the designer of such shoes as uh, the air jordan 11 the air jordan 3 with the elephant print and the uh, air max 90 came up with the bat shoe dude i'm so down so tell me what was it like when like where did you see the movie at opening night where was it at merritt island mall amc theater mine was at the indoor shopping center Nice. Yeah. I saw a nightmare before Christmas there. And I think I think I saw it at like ten o'clock in the morning. Like probably was, got a discounted ticket. I I can't remember. I remember seeing many movies at the Andorra Shopping Center. Yeah. I remember my dad almost fought these guys in the back uh, <laughs> row during uh, Ace Ventura. They were throwing candy at the screen and candy at people. Do you remember Runts? Delicious. Whatever happened Fruit to Runts? candy. They probably. I think you know what. There was a lawsuit filed. Someone chipped their molar on them and uh, on a Runts. Yeah, and then like their wisdom tooth came in. and It was like a dumb tooth. Uh, so back to Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton, um, Mr. Mom. He was in. He was in Gung Ho. Uh, he was in a really obscure movie called Clean and Sober, which I, when I saw that later in life, if I would have seen it when I was eight or not eight or seven before Batman came out in eighty nine. I would have uh, known that he was perfect for the role. He's a short guy, but man, he's good as Michael Keaton as, <laughs> as uh, Bruce Wayne. 
Yeah, it's great. There's even this guy I work with nowadays who looks just like Bruce Wayne, uh, Michael Keaton version. I call him and he's like, what are you talking about? I look like Batman. I'm like, bro, go home, watch it. I love Michael Keaton. He's got this movie coming out called Birdman with Edward Norton where he plays an actor who can't revive his career. So he goes back to his first breakthrough role, which was Birdman, which is like a satire on Batman. So another one of those black comedies like Death to Smoochie that comes out, I think, this fall. You're making me crazy. You're making me nuts. Mr. Mom, classic quotables, dude. Phew. Keaton. I like uh, the scene where uh, Kim uh, Basinger and uh, what's his name in the movie, Knox, are uh, looking at uh, Bruce Wayne's armory and like, what guy buys this? He's like, he just shows up behind like them and he's like, me? But his his whole demeanor in the whole Batman series is great. And I often wonder what would it have been like if Michael Keaton did Batman Forever or Batman 3. The reason Michael Keaton quit being Batman was because of the direction of Batman Forever. He didn't like the whole camp, nor. Yeah, I mean, it got a little troublesome. We all know what happened there. But today we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Batman. OG, Hollywood game changer here on the Bob, True Bobcast. True Bobcast with the Batman 75th anniversary in the comic books coming up. Also, uh, I think on July 23rd this uh, summer, we'll have to do a Batcast for that. Yeah, all these monsters this summer. Hashtag monsters. It is. I love it. It's monsters, like monsters, magazine. monsters. This is like I guarantee this is the final summer of monsters. Like for a while. Yeah, 20, I think monsters years. are gonna be like R.I.P. after this one. But the movie also uh, it, it really does a great job of telling the origin story of both Bruce and the Joker simultaneously. Um, I love the actual chemical scene. Love it. Yeah. Love it. The hand coming out. It's just an amazing sequence. Yeah. And it's done on like you know, nineteen eighty nine. You know, camera work. I mean, there's really not much special effects. There's a lot of miniature stuff, like the Batwing, you know, but there's no effects. And Jack Nicholson, I mean, Heath Ledger did a great job, but it's a totally different movie. But this film really made things, like, kind of scary. The Joker was really scary in this movie to me, like... Intimidating? Yeah. Yeah. Omnipresent? Uh Uh-huh. Check. On the news? Gassing? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Smile. (laughs) Joker's got you. Yeah, he's talking about some raunchy stuff, man. He got jokes and lines in that movie that, you know, went yeah. over our heads as a kid. As, yeah, PG-13, sitting in a movie theater where the Joker's looking at um, Vicky Vale's work, and it's like a genocide. And he's like, ah, yes, <laughs> I love your work. <laughs> like, it was just so good, you know? Yeah, like, Joker killed oh, it. Man, I love that sequence, too. When uh, Batman comes to rescue her... And he puts up the, you know, the bat, like, gauntlet gun or whatever. And Joker's like, where does he get these wonderful toys? And they had the that audacity. The they had the balls to kill him at the end. Yeah. He went down laughing. Mm-hmm. Cracking up. That's one thing that bothers me about the movie, though. is like, did Jack Nicholson, like, say to, like, the producers, like, look, you have to kill me off. I'm doing just this one show. Because it really doesn't make sense in today's world to kill off a character so powerful that's so good at merchandising. Jack Nicholson made, I think, $50 million like back in 1989 off of right, all the shirts. Right, but Heath Ledger died. True. Bobcast. Yeah, but Heath Ledger died in real life. He didn't die in true, the film. True, true, They killed true, Joker. True. You know? True. I'm sorry, Sal. True. Bobcast. <laughs> We're talking about Batman. 1989. True Blood, 2014. Let me ask you a question. How does Batman relate to True Blood? The monsters, the superhero? Like, what is it? I think a vampire might resemble a bat. The man bat? 
Yeah, man. You bat. know the character, the man bat. Yeah, he's like the uh, alternate. Doctor Henry something. I forget. I, I forget his name. I think it's not Henry. It's been a dope, true Bobcast. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, we're uh, we're back in the lounge. Coincidentally, we just got back from. Uh, you want to tell everybody where we just were? Oh yeah, we were at a pocket open mic at the Grape Room mm-hmm. down in Manionk. Our boy Scooter, what's up? Yeah, let's just uh, take a real brief moment here and uh, pay tribute to our sponsors. I'd like to uh, invite you all down to Manionk, Philadelphia, to the greatest rock and roll venue out there, the Grape Room. The Grape Room in Manionk, owned, operated by Scooter Best. The Grape Room is so legendary, it'll be operating for so long they'll have to call it the Raisin Room. My name's Bob. This has been another episode of True Bobcat.